Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Certified Life and Weight Coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode number 11. Today, I'm talking to you all about creating momentum when you're ending overeating. How are you? I've got some great things happening inside my One Life Academy this month. Enrollment is open until the 12th of October, so if you're listening to this episode, do come and join us in the membership. I may not be opening it up again until 2021. Up until now, I've had people joining at any point in time, but I want to start creating some structure and different ways of supporting you at different points on your journey. And in order to be able to do that, I want to start bringing people in together in different classes or cohorts. So if you want to sign up quick before enrollment closes, go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash one, and that's the numerical number one for all the details. And actually, talking of wanting to support you at different stages of your journey leads us nicely into today's topic, which is all about creating momentum to keep you moving forward when you're wanting to lose your weight. I think our inability to lose weight as quickly as we would like is one of the greatest challenges we face with weight loss. With learning most skills, establishing improvements or expertise, we know that the more time we put into it, the more we concentrate that time, the quicker we get the results. For example, when learning to drive, we can choose to take a lesson a week for maybe four or five months, or we can go on a one-week intensive course and expedite our results, but we can't do that with weight loss. Even if you spend all your waking hours working towards losing weight and creating the relationship with food and yourself that you want, you can't make the process go as quickly as you would like to. It's not like building a house where you can employ more people, and the more people you have, the more quickly you get the job done. And so the pace of our ability to lose weight, which is slower than our ability to gain weight, can be a source of frustration. And that frustration can trip us up and result in us doing things that then prevents us from creating the skills we want to have to create the weight loss and the permanent changes that we want. So not surprisingly, creating momentum on your journey is really important. And so today I'm going to run through my top 10 tips for creating momentum on your journey to permanent weight loss and creating relationship with food and yourself that you want. And that last bit, that relationship with food and yourself is more important than the weight loss because without it, you can be sure that weight is coming right back on. You must learn why you became overweight in the first place and then learn the strategies and practice them so that overeating isn't a part of your life going forward. So here we go. My top 10 tips, things that you can be doing alongside watching what you eat to help you create the results you want permanently. So number one, remind yourself of your why daily. You want to be really clear on your reasons for wanting to lose weight and create a different relationship with food. And you want to know your reason, your compelling reason on multiple levels. Why is losing weight important to you? Maybe you think you want to be healthier or you want to wear the clothes that you want. Ask yourself, why those? Or whatever it is, why is that important? You want to keep asking yourself to dig deeper and uncover more of your reasons. 
Then you want to consider what will happen if you don't focus on you and doing this work and losing weight. What will you be missing out on? What challenges will you be creating for yourself in the future? You want to be really clear on what you have to gain and what you have to lose with your weight loss journey. And then the important bit, you're going to want to remind yourself of all of these reasons, of all of your whys, why it's important to you daily. You forget repeatedly why you are committing to doing the work. So remind yourself daily, write it in your journal, write it on your mirror, stick it on a postal note, have a photo or another memento that means something to you and reflects your why, your compelling reason, and look at it as often as you can. Okay, number two, become your own expert and stay in your lane. Let's consider becoming your own expert first. There's so much nutritional and dietary advice out there, it could be easy to become frustrated and confused because everything is contradictory. Every website article, even every piece of scientific research saying one thing, you can be certain there's going to be another piece contradicting it. Fats cause heart disease. Fats don't cause heart disease. Sweeteners are healthier than sugar. Sweeteners are far worse than sugar. You should have six small meals a day. You should introduce intermittent fasting. It doesn't matter what everyone else is saying you will want to commit to deciding and figuring out what you want to do for you. You decide how you want to eat and then you assess it every couple of weeks. And then based on how you feel, whether you are losing weight, whether your choices are fitting with your lifestyle, you can either stick with what you're doing or you can make a change. And if you're on this journey with others, say for example, you are on my program, don't compare yourself to what others are doing or the results that they're getting. Don't allow yourselves to be distracted by what they're doing, what's working for them. Stay in your own lane, have your own back, stick with your decisions, trust yourself to figure out the right way for you. Number three is to stop blaming life and others. There's a part in all of us that believes we are a special snowflake when it comes to weight loss. And what I mean by that is that we all have a reason that we believe makes it more difficult for us to lose weight than it does for other people. For me, in my teen years and early 20s, it was because I couldn't take part in physical activity because of multiple surgeries on my hip. Then it was because I was a full-time working mum and I just didn't have time for me. Oh, and of course, there's my genetics too. And now it's probably my age and the menopause. So what's the reason weight loss is difficult for you? I want you to answer that question for yourself. It's going to uncover a lot. Ladies often tell me how weight loss is difficult for them because of a medical condition, because they're grieving a parent, because they travel a lot with work. We all have our reasons, and I totally understand how they make losing weight, ending overeating, showing up as the person you want to be difficult, how they create obstacles and challenges. The problem is, and the reason I'm showing you some tough love here, is that when you believe your reason, whether it's a physical reason like a medical condition, an emotional reason like grief, a lifestyle reason like too busy taking care of others, then you'll have all kinds of thoughts and beliefs about why losing weight for you is particularly hard and why now isn't a good time, why it's extra difficult for you. And the problem with this is that it makes it more difficult for you to lose weight. If you focus on believing it's difficult for you to lose weight because you have polycystic ovarian syndrome or fibromyalgia, or because you travel all the time with work, because you're grieving a loved one, it will feel much more difficult to do all the things you need to do in order to lose the weight. And the more you find you are resistant to believing what I'm writing here or reading to you, 
and wanting to argue to prove that it's your situation that makes it difficult, not your thoughts about it, the more I encourage you to really explore overcoming this for yourself. I urge you to find all the evidence for why it's totally possible for you to lose weight, to eat healthily, end emotional eating, whilst you're managing a medical condition, whilst you're going through the menopause, whilst you're raising your kids as the amazing single mum that you are, whilst you love yourself through the process of grieving a loved one. And I find the easiest way to give my brain this evidence is to point out to it that not everyone with PCOS is overweight. Not all single mums struggle with emotional eating. Some women going through the menopause make healthy choices that enable them to maintain their weight. And if they can, I can too. So look for what's making your weight loss difficult. Look for what's getting in the way for you. Be curious about what you could be wrong about, about those things, those thoughts that you're having, and be compassionate with yourself as you shift your focus towards creating strategies that incorporate those obstacles and make them a part of your process. Number four, don't be in a rush. I think because of how we've come to think of dieting, we've come to expect to feel deprived and of needing discipline and willpower, none of which is very appealing. I think we want to get to our weight goal as quickly as possible. It's almost like we think we have to grit our teeth and step onto this journey that we think will be horrific but worth it in the end and we want it therefore to be over as quickly as possible. And the other reason we can fall into the trap of being in a rush is because we mistakenly believe that the destination is better than where we are right now. We think that when we reach our weight goal, we'll feel better and like ourselves more and everything in life will be easier. But the truth is, while some things may feel better, we'll find replacement things to create problems for us if we haven't learned the skills of managing relationships with food, with ourselves and with life and others along the way. You don't want your weight loss journey to be a snakes and ladders board. You don't want to jump on ladders to take shortcuts because the snakes are there too, and you'll find yourself slithering back to where you started quite easily. You want it instead to be an adventure, one where you remain fully conscious along the way and embrace everything. As I'm talking, I'm thinking about the TV programme Race Around the World where couples work to get from one side of the world to the other without the ability to fly and with very little money. Whilst the focus is on being the winner and getting the prize money, it's quite obvious to see that the journey is far more than just about getting to the end. It's about the highs and the lows along the way. Appreciating the great and amazing experiences and learning about themselves and other parts of life from the lows. Be willing to not be in a rush and experience all that your weight loss journey has to offer. Number five is embrace the hard. Having said it doesn't need to feel like walking the tightrope of being on a diet, there is going to be a certain amount of cleaning up to be done. I call it the river of misery. It's like getting a new kitchen. You have an old kitchen that serves you pretty well, but you know a new kitchen is going to serve you much better. Before you can start to enjoy your new kitchen, you have to go through the pain, the disruption, the discomfort of investing time and money and living in a state of disorganisation whilst you draw up the plans, choose what you want, strip out the old kitchen, live without water and a cooker and put up with the dust. Essentially, things are going to get harder before they get better. But you're happy with that. The effort, the hard bit is worth it. This is the way to think about your weight loss journey. There will be disruption and things may feel difficult and be out of place for a while but it will be worth it in the long run. 
The river of misery is where you let go of one riverbank, your current or old way of eating, and start to make your way across to the other side. This is how I think about weight loss. There may be eddies and whirlpools and bodies of water with different velocities and turbulence in different places, but you keep going and eventually you will make it there. You will make it to the other side. Number six, evaluate everything. This is what I encourage my clients to do all the time. And this is to continually be taking note of and figuring out what worked, what didn't work, what did they learn and what will they do differently. Oftentimes in the world of dieting, we may go, off track or eat off plan. And our tendency is to think that we should draw a line under it and start again tomorrow. And I want to scream no, don't do that. You have a great opportunity to figure out why you are ate whatever it was that you hadn't intended to. You've got an opportunity to see what was going on for you in the moment, to understand what you were thinking, what you were feeling, and why you did what you did. You want to figure it all out. Because when you can see your obstacles, whatever it is getting in the way for you, you can put strategies in place for them. And importantly, you want to pay attention just as closely when things are going well, because you want to know exactly what you were thinking and feeling when you decided to stick with what you intended and not eat or drink whatever it was that was available to you. You want to know that so that you can do it again next time. Okay, number seven. Question everything, especially your own thinking. We are so unaware of our own thinking. Most of the time we don't see our thoughts, and when we do, we don't question them. I want you to see all of your default thought patterns that you have about food, about your weight, about dieting, about eating, about wasting food, about using food for celebration, about declining food others have made for you and offered to you. Food has been an integral part of your life daily for decades. You've got to be intentional about looking closely to see what's going on for you. Find your thoughts. Be fascinated and curious about them. Don't judge them, but question everything. How is it better to eat food that your body doesn't need than it is to put that food in the bin, for example? How is that possible? Who benefits? Okay. Number eight is to learn to feel. Remember, every time you want to eat something you hadn't intended, it's because of how you think eating it will feel. Feel your feelings. Be curious about them. Be fascinated that seconds of pleasure from eating or drinking something can be so important to you when your health or emotional well-being is at stake. Be willing to do the work of being an expert on you, an expert on feeling and understanding your emotions, of understanding what thoughts create them and what fuel those different feelings give you. What feelings do you want more of in your life and which ones do you want less of? How can you lean into and be intentional about your feelings? It's Mental Health Week this week, and I've written an article about how leaning into emotional discomfort is one of the most important things that you can do to create what you want in life. Never has this been more important than it is right now, with the projection of huge increases in mental health challenges due to COVID-19. We're falling foul to our primal programming that enabled us to survive as a species for hundreds of thousands of years our inclination to run from pain and seek pleasure. But these ways of being are now literally killing us. To be able to ride out life's challenges, we need to get good at feeling uncomfortable. But generally, we don't like to feel stressed, frustrated or burdened. We find these emotions very difficult to handle. But what we do then is we create further problems in our lives because of what we do to avoid feeling them at all costs, such as overeating. We end up feeling far worse, creating far bigger problems for ourselves, 
bigger problems than the initial problem. And then we make it even worse by being angry, frustrated or annoyed with ourselves for causing our problems. We add on layer upon layer of discontent and unhappiness and then we eat more and we drink more and we do whatever we think we can do to escape the burden of those feelings too. It's useful to remind ourselves that nothing has gone wrong when we feel fed up, stressed, anxious, even sad or lonely. We must tell ourselves it's a part of being human and that without sadness, we don't know what it is to feel happiness. When we see that nothing has gone wrong with how we're feeling, we don't need to do anything to feel better and we can lean into being with the feeling instead. Number nine, the practice of taking pen to paper to consciously think and write down what's going on for you is a critical part of your journey. Number nine is daily journaling. To evaluate your default unintentional thoughts and feelings and to choose how you want to be thinking and feeling is massively important. It's one of the biggest success factors amongst the ladies that I work with. I consider a daily writing or journaling practice a mark of true self-care. It's something that I adhere to religiously myself and it honestly does feel like a gift. It's time for me that feels good. Time for me that I can choose to clear out the dregs of my mind or create a whole new exciting way of thinking about something, both of which can be equally valuable. Number 10. Remember you are amazing. Your human brain likes to judge. That's what brains do. Your brain will very easily find 20 reasons why you're not good enough or why you should be better. And it won't be so quick to find those 20 reasons or the first 20 reasons why you're amazing. But it's easier to take care of you when you like and appreciate yourself. So go to work on this. Spend time on it. Schedule time into your day to remind yourself how amazing you are. The more you do this, the easier it will get to find evidence for it. So that's what I have for you today. Have an amazing week and take care. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership program, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning, supported by twice-weekly live calls and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six-month Lose Weight, Live Life Group Coaching Mastermind Intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.